BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. popcorn, put on your comfiest pajamas, and grab a drink because it's time for a new episode of Sierra Unfiltered. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 21 of Sierra Unfiltered. Woo-woo! We're legal! (laughs) (laughs) Our podcast can now have a drink, although you cannot. Yeah, I can just have tea. And you're not drinking today. I'm not. I have water. What you drinking? I am drinking a nice peach tea. And you're nice. drinking water, so yeah. There we go. <laughs> Although our podcast is of drinking age, uh, yeah, we I, are not drinking. I thought you were gonna say we are not. I was gonna be like, <laughs> are, did you hit your head? Or <laughs> both of us are of drinking age. Um, yeah. So that's our what you drinking? Yeah, we are well into the holiday season now. Well, kind of. It's like uh, December third as we're filming this, but I feel it, like it hit me like a truck. Oh yeah, I'm fully in the swing of things. Yeah, like. I feel like a big truck of like tinsel and scented pine cones and Christmas trees (laughs) came barreling down the road and I was like Regina George standing there just getting hit by the Christmas tree bus. Oh, absolutely. I bought everyone's presents I need to buy except for one. Oh, wow. Like I... Who is it that you haven't bought? My (laughs) mother-in-law. You know. (laughs) Well, and I know what she wants, but that's a hard thing. When people tell you specifically what they want and then it's like... It doesn't exist, and so then you have to figure out a way to make it exist. <laughs> and, like, not in, like, a crappy DIY way. Yeah, like, you, know? you want to make it good. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'll get it done. I have not done that much holiday shopping. Um, I should have taken better advantage of Cyber Monday. We got mm-hmm. some – we actually got new headphones. We're not wearing them. Yeah. But um, in the next podcast, we will. They're rose gold. They're very pretty. So, we They're won't really have cute. these, like, just kind of clunky – normal person headphones anymore and they're beats yeah which i feel like beats by dre makes us hipper (laughs) except not when we do that then it makes it worse me and my grandma's sweater saying beats make me hip i mean a mood also it's vlogmas um i'm running my vlog right now which i'm gonna cut by vlog (laughs) um but it's vlogmas so i am vlogging every day on my vlog channel 25 days of vlogs And this is the first year that I have help editing, Mm -hmm. which is crazy cool. So like day one, my editor Rachel edited. Day two, I edited. And then day three today, Carly's going to do the first half and I'll do the second half. That's awesome. So it's nice because I feel like in the past... I, I enjoy Vlogmas because it's fun. It's a fun time of year. It's fun to document everything. And it's fun just like that challenge of like every day there's a vlog and yeah. it goes up the day after it's filmed. But when life gets busy, it's hard knowing that I'm going to make the choice to put work before like family. Yeah. And like miss things because I have to edit. Because mm-hmm. filming Vlogmas isn't really hard. I just yeah. film what I'm doing. But it's the editing that if I have to edit it that night, but, you know, my friends are going Christmas caroling or my family's having a movie night and I'm like, sorry, can't go. And it's nice 
having that help yeah. I feel like I mean it's only day three but I think this vlogmas is going to be the most enjoyable for me yay I'm so happy <laughs> to hear that I know when we were having all those discussions back in New York about like you maybe going down to one video a week like vlogmas was a big part of that conversation so I'm happy to hear that it's been healthy and balanced and good and yeah I even saw you like post on the community tab and you were like I'm doing vlogmas and all the top comments were like I'm so excited but also like if you miss a day it's fine <laughs> I know it was so sweet I feel like and that's the encouragement I need of like if I need to do a combo vlog, like, I can. Yeah. And and it's okay and people understand. And also going down to one video a week on my main channel was so helpful. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Because, like... Well, and... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I interrupted you. I was going to say, also with Vlogmas, like, as a viewer, there are so many videos constantly coming out that I don't even think I would pick up if someone missed a day. Mm. Because I feel like I just... I watch, like, okay, I'm watching whoever Aspen Ovard and then I'm watching Carrie Dayton and then I'm watching you guys and this person and this person and there are so many creators doing it that it's not like you're the only people doing vlogmas and if you don't do it one day people have no content to watch like right. people have a ton of content in December yeah the most ever so. yeah no really um what was I gonna say it's it's just crazy like how much I feel like my life changed when I decided that I was gonna give myself some leeway on like Aww. filming and stuff even like we're uh filming a main channel video on Friday mm -hmm. and so I'm just pre-filming a vlogmas yeah so that I don't have to like play double duty and so it's Aww. nice like but if we were doing two videos a week then like I don't want to have like half my vlogmases pre-filmed you know yeah so that's wild we haven't done like a touch base since we've made those changes so i'm yeah. glad to hear that Yeah, i'm feeling really good about everything and yeah. we also brought a new member of the team on her name is jessica um jessica is in the other room doing a video outline right now um and she is stepping in and taking some stuff off my plate but also taking some stuff off skylar's plate mm -hmm. because skylar is due in two a month and a half yeah eight weeks which wow. is nuts we were trying to figure out, I'm all, does that make me seven months pregnant or eight months pregnant? Because I've already been seven months pregnant. And if you look it up, it's all, you could be seven or eight months. And I'm like, I think these are like objective things. I'm yeah. like, if I am 32 weeks pregnant, then I should be X amount of months pregnant. Right. But apparently not. You're, so, a, you're a cusper. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a cusper with my pregnancy. But yeah, it's been super nice having Jessica here. Yeah. It's super fun. You guys have probably heard me talk about her on the podcast. She's, She's kind like of Skylar's, like my Kenzie. Yeah, other so best friend. It's like super fun. And her and I have worked together for years and years in theater. She like has been my associate designer for a ton of stuff. So it's cool because even like when she sends over paperwork, it's like formatted the same as I would have formatted it. And I'm like, this is great for someone taking over some of my responsibilities that they like have the same kind of brain brain wave brain yeah. brain things things <laughs> brain right now thoughts. i have pregnancy brain so her brain is working much better than mine <laughs> no but, no but yeah that's but, been super fun yeah it's been cool so the plan is so just to be transparent so you guys know what's mm -hmm. going on um we are going to be still putting out podcasts through the rest of 2019 mm -hmm. and then we're going to take a two-week hiatus in january of 2020 mm -hmm. so we're going to take the first two weeks of january off just give a little kind of revamp then we're going to come back and it's going to be season two. We're going to mm -hmm. do kind of in seasons like that. And Skylar will be in and out 
um, based on how she's feeling with pregnancy. And then once the baby gets here, how she's doing with that. And I think the plan is that Steven is going to fill in for her. Which will be really fun. Which will be really fun. And then depending on how she's feeling and how things are with the baby, um, she'll definitely come back. The question is just like how long we're going to take. And I don't want you to feel like pressured at all. Mm -hmm. I know I, of course, understand the viewers understand like you and your family and your baby are the most important things to all of us and so Mm. it's I know it's like a fun thing that you like doing recording the podcast but like take as much time as you need that's very sweet I'm excited too because I mean doing this isn't like being in a main channel video like Mm -hmm. we literally like wear pajamas and I'm like wearing my glasses today it's very chill and it's just as like sitting and chatting Mm -hmm. so I feel like there may come a time where I'm like I really want to get out of the house and just like go talk to my best friend for an hour and a half and like tell you guys everything. So I feel like talking about birth is fun yeah. and all of like the newborn things. I don't know. And I think it's super interesting. So. I, I like it too just for our friendship. It yeah. forces us to just sit down and talk for I like know. two hours a week, <laughs> um, which is I feel like we get to kind of hash out a lot of things that normally might be just a one or two minute passing conversation but it becomes like a full-on podcast I know it's so great uh what other what other life things have been happening is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into the podcast um no I don't think so oh I'm starting to see a dietitian oh I guess my uh uh my my sister's update (laughs) your sister my sister time sister sister like do you remember that uh cute and tamara yeah should we call it sister sister (laughs) i love that okay so my sister sister update um is i am starting to see a pcos dietitian Mm -hmm. and i'm very excited about it because she is body positive Mm -hmm. um she is a registered dietitian and certified dietitian and nutritionist so she's like she's actually like a certified educated nutritionist and dietitian she's not just like a body positive person Person on instagram who's like yeah i can tell you what fruits and veggies to eat yeah like she's she knows her stuff yeah and um she specializes in fertility and specifically pcos that's so awesome so she is working with me on um what foods i should be eating and what foods i should be limiting to try and lessen the effects of pcos which is really great and Mm -hmm. um we had that meeting. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. We had that meeting with my um, OBGYN mm-hmm. and they kind of gave us like a plan outlined of like what if I'm not pregnant by, you know, six months, 12 months, two years, the steps that we'll take. Yeah. And I also met with an endocrinologist, um, which mm-hmm. is a hormone doctor. And um, they're they are doing some tests on my metabolic rate, which is just really mm. interesting to know. Yeah. Um, and then they also are starting me on a medication. So that's so yeah. exciting very proactive I my endocrinologist was like laughing a little bit and she was like yeah everything that you just said you're doing is what I was going to recommend to you so like just keep doing what you're doing you're clearly very prepared um and that's great so that's awesome that's so cool well and I feel like a lot of times with things like that being the most prepared and like taking proactive measures is just also kind of a stress reliever of you know you're not just sitting around like twiddling your thumbs you're like I am actively working on this Mm -hmm. and trying to find a solution and I don't know just going on your own journey yeah do you want to do your bump date yeah now that sister sister time is done well and I actually just realized when we were at lunch I got a call from Kyle and then you were upstairs but we found out our move-in date which is exciting uh December 23rd so I said it's not like 
it's not bad news and it's not like the best news it's like middle news that's right in the middle of one we said because we said that either it would be december 14th or the 27th so that's like smack dab in the middle and then kyle we found out like a week or two ago that he's actually getting a big holiday break which we thought he was literally just gonna have christmas off like not even christmas eve but he gets the 21st through the first off yay so that means that we can like actively be working on everything and painting and moving and so i'm real excited and steven and i want to help with anything we can so if you want us to come over on the 23rd and help you guys move in or if you just want it to be you time that's fine too that's um, so sweet we can come over the next day and bring a uh, sparkling virgin rosé <laughs> um but we're just so excited for you guys Aww, thank you are you that's gonna put so up sweet. a little tree in your house because you're moving in on the 23rd i mean realistically probably not because we'll probably have like people like redoing the floor yeah. and stuff in there so we probably won't move in until yeah. like the 29th i would guess because we have a decent amount of work that we want to do on the house before we move in and then like while we're moved in before the baby gets there and then like after the baby moves in after the the baby baby moves moves in in. (laughs) um who were we talking to yesterday oh it was when we were we went to a spa day with uh me skylar uh carly and jess to like celebrate all the success of sierra unfiltered live and Someone was like, oh, what What does your baby do? But they meant to say, when is your baby due? And then we're like, he's a doctor. He's you know, a tax lawyer. He's just, just doing a lot of things. He's the tap dancer in my yeah. stomach right now. I said, I'm like, we have to put him in gymnastics right away when he comes out. Because he's a crazy child. But yeah, <laughs> yeah so, that's that's, so exciting. that's my update. My bump date. Okay, I'm going to read this off my paper because I want to make sure I'm getting this correctly. Okay. When my baby is born, he'll have 300 bones, and I'll only have 206. Wait, what happens to his 94 bones? So they, like, he still has to fuse bones together. But isn't that weird that, like, right now, I, like, I have more bones inside of me because of him than I have in my body? Like, I have more than double the amount of bones that I normally do. That feels like a high thought. Isn't that so <laughs> weird? That's, like, what my bump dates have turned into. It's just high pregnancy thoughts. <laughs> but definitely, like, not high, just on the record. When we were um, at the spa yesterday, we were talking about how when you're, sometimes when you're so relaxed, it almost feels like you're on a drug. Yes. Because, like, I was getting a facial at the spa, and I literally, my eyes were closed, but I was, like, awake, but I was, like, dreaming, and I was, like, is this what it feels like to do drugs? like this is so weird i'm so you're like this is just is that like what pregnancy is is it just like does it just feel like you're doing like you're so relaxed no 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 because like all the weird things are happening so you have all the high thoughts um no (laughs) i wouldn't say i feel so relaxed i feel like i'm on drugs i feel like being uh in that state it's like euphoria yeah i don't know if i would describe pregnancy Pregnancy as euphoria euphoria. it's definitely like um I was going to say it gives you a lot of existential crisis. <laughs> I mean, it's magical. I I love pregnancy. Like I've said many times, I like being pregnant more than I like not being pregnant at this point. Like I just feel like it's so special. Like yeah. it's so weird to think about myself not pregnant. I can't imagine a not pregnant Skylar right now. Like how weird. Like even little things. Like my face is so just like swollen. Really? Of, yeah. Like, if you look at pictures of me before I was pregnant, like, my ankles and my, like, fingers and my face have swollen so much. 
Really? So, I haven't noticed that at all. So, like, it's just, like, a weird, like, I feel like I have a different looking face. So, like, even my nose has gotten a little bigger of, like, little things that, like, you notice. Right. But it'll be weird when I'm not pregnant. Like, I feel like I can, I now, my brain can, like, comprehend that, like, you're going to have a baby. But yeah. I think in my brain, like, you'll still be pregnant, like, after the baby's here. <laughs> I'll still just be wearing, like, chunky sweaters yeah. and maternity leggings and. Yeah. I don't know. Isn't that weird? Like, I'll be able to drink again. Yeah. And, like, I'll wear jeans. Weird. Weird. Yeah. Me and jeans. You haven't worn jeans in a long time. I know. Well, because I got maternity jeans, and they just, like, I mean, they're fine. They're, like, comfortable. I've tried, like, a bunch of different brands and different sizes and whatever. But the thing about jeans is I like, like, high-waisted mom jeans. They're, like, kind of, like, vintage and cute. I have never liked low-rise jeans, and they only make low-rise jeans. Mm. I think Khloe Kardashian has in, like, her Good American line a pair of, like, more high-waisted jeans, but then they have, like, elastic sidebands. Yeah. So then it's not necessarily It's not like what you want to wear with, like, a crop top. Yeah. (laughs) But... I feel that. Anyway, so that's my bump date. There are a lot of bones in my body. Lots of bones going on. Yeah. I, just... I have a bone to pick with you. About 300 of them, actually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> also, are you sweaty? I'm no. sweaty. Do I, you want to turn I, the AC on No, because I don't. Carly's in, like, five shirts right now. <laughs> You're obviously doing fine. But I, think I don't it's want you just to be hot. I'm fine. I'm just a sweaty pregnant person. <laughs> so I'm sorry if you're watching and you just see me like slowly. It just looks like, like a glow. Oh. Like a pregnant glow. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, but today we're going to be talking about red flags. And yeah. how we found our not red oh, flags. we didn't do our hot takes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. I don't know why I feel so out of it. No, you're fine. But it's the pregnancy drug. It's <laughs> that good, good pregnancy drug. <laughs> Um, do you want to start with your hot take? Okay. So my hot take is kind of a hot take and kind of like a rant. Okay. So people say that if you want hydrated skin to drink more water. Yeah. Everyone in my life can vouch that I drink probably too much water. Yes. Like my pee is only clear. I get up from my desk. Well, I don't know if everyone in your life can vouch that your pee is only clear. They can vouch that I drink a lot of water. (laughs) Like, I get up yes, from my... Yes, but I don't think the way you phrased that was, okay. like, everyone okay. in my life can vouch that my pee is clear. Okay. Everyone in my life can vouch that I frequently get up to pee. Yes. I can vouch that it's always clear. <laughs> Love that for you. But, like, literally, we were sitting in the office today. I probably got up four or five times to pee, yeah. and then another two or three times to refill my water cup. Yeah. Like, I drink a lot of water, mm-hmm. and I have the world's driest skin. Yeah. And I, when I was in for my facial at the spa yesterday, she's like, you don't drink enough water, do you? Your skin's so dry. And I was like, you really want to tell me I don't drink water? You want me to show you my pee? It is crystal clear. I drink so much water. Girl, I can pee right here on this you wanna table. You want to see it? I will prove it to you, lady. Aww. I have the driest skin, especially on my face. My forehead has like an eternal patch of dry, dead skin right here. I put like oil serum all this stuff and it helps but I have I'm fully fully committed to that me drinking a lot of water does not affect my skin at all so that's my hot take wow I mean I can't really contribute to that but I mean more power to you you live your truth do you have combination skin or yeah yeah my skin's just like pretty even keel yeah which and I don't drink a lot of water so maybe if I drank a lot of water then I would have like oily oily. skin yeah so Maybe. I don't know. 
Um, but my hot take is that email etiquette is very important. Ooh. And what I mean by this is I have gotten numerous business emails that have like smiley faces in them, mm-hmm. emoticons that'll say like weird phrases or I don't I don't know if I've ever gotten an email with profanity in it. But yeah. I know Kyle's gotten emails where people will like drop the F bomb in it. And it's like I get that like we also text and when we text we text that way but this is an email and like please don't put a smiley face in your email. (laughs) See I get on Steven for that a lot not for the smiley faces but I will occasionally like if he'll be like oh can you read over this email for me like for the Sierra Schulte business yeah and it'll say something like oopsie didn't see that or like he'll say things like oopsies or like oopsie daisy or things in that realm that are just like really not professional yeah and it's not not professional in that he's like cursing or anything yeah it's just like yeah maybe like to our tax lawyer don't say like oopsie yeah oopsie daisy like i yeah. i don't have any other examples but they are plentiful the only time i can think of that i've ever done it is like if i'm doing really weird ordering for a video for you like when i sent you you were like i'm thinking maybe like a sexy hagrid and then i like sent you over an entire thing of like and here's the buck beak toy we'll put on your shoulder i like set it in a professional format and then put like lol yeah and i feel like that's like the extent of me being unprofessional and it's only to you and if it's only kind of an unprofessional professional thing that I'm doing yeah like how funny is our life that I just sent you like a very formal like hey Sierra I hope all is well attached below is but a sexy Hagrid's costume <laughs> like that's kind of like a lol what is our life you know what bothers me more than anything in professional emails You're and like when you say lol yeah, no 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 <laughs> and n- Maybe a little bit of tea and shade to people if, that are watching that do this. Um, and this is not to someone that you know. This is like cold email to someone new when they call you babe. And this is a woman-to-woman thing mostly. Yeah. Well, and, I also think that's because you're an influencer and yeah. you get a lot of like inquiries. I'll get a, an email from like a brand rep that's like, hey, babe, love your channel. And I'm like, I, I appreciate this and I do like your product and your company and I'd be interested in working with you. No. And and the babe isn't going to stop me from working with the company. You're like, are you sending the same email to Casey Neistat? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. Like, why, just because I'm a woman, is it okay to call me a pet babe? Name? Yeah, I don't know. I, I've gotten sweetie before too. And I just, Ugh. both of those, I, I, I instantly feel like it starts me on a bad foot. Yeah. And I, like my manager and the people on my team never address emails to me as like sweetie or babe that that's and those are people who know me like if you're cold emailing me don't start it with babe or sweetie all tea all shade (laughs) (laughs) um all right well should we get into the topic at hand yeah let's do it so we are going to be talking about so one of the questions i get the most is like how did you know steven was the one or like Mm -hmm. if you dated guys before steven like how did you know that they weren't right and steven was yeah and do you get DMs like that too? Um, not really. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't know. I get weird DMs. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of really nice DMs, but I yeah. feel like people don't really ask me that. But I feel like I've been asked that in real life yeah. of like friend to friend. Like, yeah. how did you know? And I see that, I saw that a ton in the comments of the husband cast yeah. of people. And we get that a lot in the advice segments too of people being like, here's my situation like what do you think and we can't like 
evaluate every person's situation. I feel like we are both really happy in our relationships. Absolutely. But we both also had uh, a, some dating history before that mm-hmm. where we had to make some calls about what wasn't right for us. Yeah. And I think we've also both watched the other person in unhealthy relationships. Oh, for sure. And so we're going to kind of go through, like we made a list of what we think are like deal breakers or red flags. And mm-hmm. then we're also going to talk about our own experience with finding our perfect matches and these are all um our opinions yeah so if you're in a relationship of like 10 years and we say something and you're like "Ooh, my partner does that i mean maybe look into it and like evaluate how that makes you feel that they do that to you but also don't be like wow yeah i'm being treated incorrectly because maybe that's your relationship maybe that's maybe that works for you but for us these are like big red flags. Yeah, and and no relationship is perfect. We yeah. both are we argue with our spouses from time to time. Like yeah. that's very normal and we don't agree on every single thing. Mm-hmm. Um and it's likely that at one time or another in our current relationships one or more of these things has been true. Yeah. I think it's when there's like multiple 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 of these things or multiple instances of these things. Yeah. Cuz I'm sure there's been a time with one of my ex-boyfriends where I was like oh, like, I don't really want you to have the password to my email or whatever weird thing. But that doesn't mean that as a person, I'm like, you can never look at my phone and you can never. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So I'm excited to get into it. But before we do that, um, I want to say thank you to the sponsor of this podcast, which again is Cash App. Cash App is really, really great. We love them. We're so excited that they're sponsoring the podcast again. Um, So Cash App is a free app that makes it super easy to instantly send money to your friends. So for example, if Skylar and I went to Starbucks this morning, which uh, is an example, but also a true fact, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, we didn't want to have to worry about splitting it up, I can just put it on my card and then she can Cash App me for half. Um, And it's really easy to use. And uh, it also comes with the Cash Card, which is a free debit card that comes with Boosts which are like instant rewards for shopping at places that you already love. So you can get really big discounts off your entire purchase at places like DoorDash, Whole Foods, Target, and way more. It is literally like having credit card perks, but all packed in a free debit card. And one of the things that I'm really excited about what we're doing with Cash App is we're also working to support one of our favorite organizations, which is the Trevor Project. So when you sign up with Cash App and use the promo code UNFILTERED, not only will you receive $10, but Cash App is going to donate $10 to the Trevor Project. And they're a really amazing organization that offers support for LGBTQ plus youth. We really love the work they do. They're a great charity. We've both supported them individually. So when Cash App was like, hey, do you have a charity that you want to work with us to support? We were like, Trevor Project. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I just feel like anytime that we can do something charitable, it's just so, so awesome. Yeah, especially with the holiday season. It gives me all the warm fuzzies. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Cash App, for sponsoring and for working with us to support the Trevor Project. Thank you, you guys, for supporting our sponsors. Don't forget to use that promo code UNFILTERED when you download Cash App from the App Store today. Thank you, Cash App. I'm really excited. I love working with brands that are just so great and so easy and like that everyone has a need for. Like, oh yeah. Do you remember when it used to be like splitting up the bill and you'd be like, okay, and we'll add tax and we'll add this? Oh yeah. And then now it's nice. You're just like, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. 
I feel like, and anytime you feel like you ask a waiter to do it, you just feel like the worst person <laughs> in the world. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, what was on that person's tab? And I don't know. So it's just so convenient and I know. wonderful. It's so nice. We'll just add, I feel like it used to be like trying to sit there writing everything out. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, we'll take the receipt and cash mm-hmm. up you later. Oh, yeah. Very, very easy. Big fans. Mm-hmm. Um, So do we want to get into the topic at hand yeah absolutely so we kind of paired like two things together so maybe do you want me to read one and then you read one yeah i like that i feel like a lot of these things kind of go hand in hand okay so my first thing is they don't want to put a label on things and i think that with this if you've decided like if you've both decided we do not want to be monogamous we just want to see what happens we want to go with the flow that's a totally different story yeah but if you guys are acting like you're in a relationship if you're like going on trips together if you're meeting their family and they want to be monogamous with you but they just don't want to like make it official yeah I feel like that's a red flag. And I think also if it's going after a long period of time, because I think it's super normal to have a couple months of lead up before you decide to put a label on things. But I think if if it's been a long period of time, you want to have a label on things. They want you to be monogamous with them, but they're like, "Eh, we don't have to call it anything. Yeah. That's when I think it starts to get like, I don't know about this. I had some things with guys Mm -hmm. when I was in high school and I remember I was having a conversation with my mom and my high school best friend Kendall we were in the car like on the way to school and my mom was like just remember like if after you guys have been starting to talk for a while like if they still don't want to put a label on things there's probably a reason Mm -hmm. so like what is it are they talking to someone else are they embarrassed or is it something more like tame is it that their parents won't let them have a relationship because we're in high school is it that you know, they don't want things to go too fast before they go to college. Is and, and just finding out why because there usually mm-hmm. is a reason. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, it sounds like kind of brash when I say it, but when you're dating someone, there are only like two things that happen. Either you break up or you're like together until you die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's really no other option. Mm-hmm. Whether that includes marriage and like a long-term partnership or I don't know I just I think that either things are going to end and you're no longer going to be together or you're going to be together until one of you dies yeah and so if someone's not wanting to put a label on things then that means that most likely the first is gonna happen and you're gonna like not be together at some point point. and I think I've had plenty of like quote-unquote things where I knew like I'm not gonna be sitting on a front porch swing with you when I'm and that's 90. fine yeah. like this is just for this week this is just for this moment this is just for a couple months until a big life change happens whatever it may be that is totally fine it's just when people aren't being transparent with you about what they want yeah which I think on the other side of things it's it can be a red flag if they are rushing things too much too quickly and you're not on the same page so Mm -hmm. I think there's a big difference between like you you always hear those love stories of we met and we knew and two months later we were engaged and three months later a baby was on the way and like sometimes that happens and both people are on the same page and it's beautiful and magical but I think the red flag is when you are moving at one pace and they're pressuring you to move at a faster pace. Yeah. So if you're, you know, wanting to date casually or even potentially have a more serious relationship but you want to take your time and they're pressuring you to 
move in with them really quickly or get engaged or do any of these like let's lock it in right now and you're not ready for that I think I've seen friends go through that Mm -hmm. and it's it's hard because you all you want is the best for them yeah you don't want to be the one who's sitting there saying oh well like this is too fast because it doesn't necessarily have to be too fast if you're both on the same page Mm -hmm. but if the one partner is pressuring the other partner and the other partner isn't on board I think that's a red flag well, especially I've never heard of someone moving too fast emotionally. I've heard mm. of people moving too fast with big life changes that are like also financial decisions yeah. and also just like overall, I don't know, big picture decisions of like things like getting married or moving in together. Quit or, your job, move out of state. Yeah. And I think that those things are a lot harder to take back than like, oh, he said I love you in the first week and I wasn't quite ready, but like I said it anyways. Like that's also a little bit of a red flag, but I feel like what we're talking about here is more logistical of like, hey, I'm happy in my current living situation and after a month them being like, no, we need to live together. Like this is how it has to be. Yeah. but And I think a lot of these things just come down to like, being on the same page oh yeah as the partner you know um but the next thing was um if they don't really have any friends or any yeah. friend connections and some people are like super gregarious and have a big friend circle and some people have a few close friends and I'm not talking about the difference between that yeah um I think for me it's a red flag when it becomes just you and that person yeah and like no connections it's only about you two um they kind of they maybe don't have a friend circle so they want to cut you out from yours yeah um I went through a relationship like that in high school where the guy I was dating really quickly wanted it was like a guilt thing of like every time I would hang out with my friends it's like well why would you want to be with them over me like yeah and I I choose to be with you over anyone else why would I want to be with anyone else and then I'm like oh I guess I shouldn't have friends yeah and that can I mean that is unhealthy but it can really really quickly get like dangerously unhealthy Mm -hmm. because once you're cut off and you're so reliant on that person it feels like there's no way out well and even on a lighter level if I feel like it's nice to have people to talk things over (laughs) with of I feel like if it's just you and this one person and you guys are fighting and you just only have yourself and the person to talk it over with like you're not really gonna get anywhere I mean obviously you can do like self-reflection and eventually like come to a meeting ground but I feel like it's so helpful to at least have like one friend Mm -hmm. or two friends who you can call up even if that's like your mom or your dad or whoever and just be like hey I just I really want to hang out like I just want to like get a coffee I want to get a beer I want to just take a break and like step outside of this apartment and like have a second where it's not just me and this person all the time yeah but on that same page they don't have a relationship with anyone in their family so I think the preface to this is it's totally okay not to have relationships with certain people in your family or most of your family or whatever because things happen like kids come out as gay and then their parents like disown them and obviously like you're not expected to have a relationship with that person of course not. or your parents can be abusive or your parents can be or you could just disagree you could just not like them but I think not having a relationship with anyone in your family like no cousin no grandma no no one is just a little bit 
it makes me think that you potentially like lack empathy (laughs) that you can't you can't form a relationship with anyone well and it doesn't even have to be blood family it can be your found family your chosen family but having those people like that are forever part of your life um whether that be by blood or by not I think it kind of comes back to the friend thing where it's like it can become just you and that person which is a little scary (laughs) well and then they I mean I've been with people before where they've really latched on to my family Mm. like I've been in entire relationships I can I can actually think of two entire relationships where I maybe met their parents once or twice and they were constantly at my house because my parents are like very inviting very warm I'm super close with my parents and like my siblings and so it felt like they became almost like an additional sibling to the family because they were so close and then it was like well why don't why don't you have this relationship with your family if there isn't any like bad blood there you just aren't making the effort yeah I don't know yeah I think that that I don't know it just for me it always comes back to that like if especially if it's someone who you want to have a serious relationship with like how do I see us having a family together like with Steven and I it was always like I want us to be a strong I mean not always but once we got engaged and once we were Mm -hmm. married it's like I want us to have a strong marriage and a strong relationship so we can create this very tight-knit family who loves each other and is there for each other and that our kids can be friends and that we can be you know there for our kids um and I think when someone doesn't really value family as much yeah it can sometimes be harder for them to be that own staple in their own future family if you want a family i completely agree um and i think the next thing we want to talk about is people who just cannot take responsibility for their own wrongdoings of this can be people who like will never let you win in a fight (laughs) they just always have to have the last word or this can be kind of like backtracking to the friends and family thing it can be people who are like oh all of my exes are crazy yes oh like I never did anything wrong in relationships and it's you ask why they broke up and it's like no one cheated no one did this no one did that but like magically my last 10 relationships haven't worked out and none of it's been my fault it's all these crazy women I guarantee because I I had two main relationships before Steven mm-hmm. and I've talked about them before um one of I'm pretty sure one of them would probably not refer to me as like their crazy ex I'd just be like oh that didn't work out yeah the other one I'm pretty confident would refer to me as their crazy ex when I don't think I was like crazy in that relationship in any yeah. way I was a normal teenage girl and then that guy that I was dating who I think would refer to me as his crazy ex would refer to the three girls he dated before me as his crazy ex. Yeah. So to me, it's like, eh, eh, maybe there's a common denominator in all these things. That's like, not all the girls that you dated. Well, and also at the end of the day, you were an active participant in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I, there definitely are people who I've dated who I looked look back on in more of like a fond lens than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there are definitely a couple people where I'm like, you're a good one it just like didn't work out and there are other ones where I'm like "Eh, we both weren't in a good space at that point but But you're not looking on every relationship before Kyle and going crazy ex-boyfriend all your fault all your fault all your fault it's like you were part of that relationship whether it was good or bad yeah no literally 
like all the time I'll run that sounds that sounds like a lot to be like all the time I'll run into people I've dated but even like just working in the like kind of theater entertainment community where I grew up like I will run into people that I've dated and it's always great like we were with someone last weekend two weekends ago and it was wonderful yeah. and professional and we gave Kyle a handshake and it was great yeah look back on that person with nothing but good good feelings um but I think it's the every single person I've ever dated is wrong and crazy that is like a huge red flag yeah because what's different about you right you know like, right and I think on the other side of that since we're pairing these things together um I think a red flag can be when it seems like they're still looking for closure in a past relationship oh for sure if if they're if if you're the rebound mm-hmm. you know if they're still I mean because there's a difference between still hurting over a past relationship Mm -hmm. and still like longing for a past relationship it's okay to have emotional scars it's okay to have Mm -hmm. some baggage that you carry from pain from a last relationship I think that's normal but I think it's when that has not been resolved with that person and they're still because I I don't think it's I don't think the problem is talking to your ex or having friendships with your ex I think it's when they're still looking for something with that ex. Well, and also I think just, like, the comparison of, like, when I was with so-and-so, like, we did this this way. Or, like, even just little things of, like, we always used to eat at this restaurant. Let's go eat there. It's like, hmm, are you trying to just, like, imagine that they're... I'm this person. Yeah, like, <laughs> what is happening here? And so I think that even just things like... If you find out that they are, like, constantly looking at that person's social media, even though they, like, aren't friends with them, mm-hmm. that's, like, a huge red flag. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and also this kind of circles back to what we were saying about, like, all these things are personal. And so some people can be friends with their exes, and that's not a red flag at all. Oh, yeah. For me, I think it would be a red flag if someone was super close to one of their, like, long-term exes. Mm -hmm. Like, if someone had dated – like, if Kyle had dated a girl for, like, five years and then still was, like, texting her every day, to me that would be a red flag. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, we've been at events where Kyle's exes have been there and we're all, like, super cordial in the same circles, but, like, they went to school together or whatever, and that's fine. It's just the constant – Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, another thing that I think of that's kind of in the same vein as that of, like, talking to other people, looking for something with someone who's Mm -hmm. not you, if you're monogamous, is um, that they refuse to let you, like, not look at their phone or anything like that. Because I'm not someone who's like, oh, I need access to all your things. But if they're, like, turning their phone screen and texting. Or if you're like, oh, hey, can I, like, see that thing that I wrote in your notes yesterday? And they're like, let me type in my passcode. If they're, like, closing browser windows whenever you're around. It's those things where it's, like, I don't need access to all your social media. I think that's a little much. Yeah. But, like, if there's a reason that you don't want me to, then, like, what is it? Because, like, I don't need to go digging for things if I trust you. Yeah. And I won't go digging for things. But, like, there, if someone is turning their phone, if someone is always turning down their brightness and then doing it under the table, closing browser yeah. windows, shutting their computer, very, very secretive, that to me is a red flag. Well, and I think in that same token is people who, once you start dating, are like, I need access to all of these things. Yes. Like, let me 
at the end of the day go through all of your text messages with every guy you've texted let me have access to your facebook so i can look through your messages and like that's someone who is actively first of all like not being trustworthy and their mm-hmm. issues with that but also kind of actively looking for problems yes of i've dated guys who like have looked through my phone before and found text messages that were like completely innocent and but tried to make it into something they put themselves in that headspace of i'm going to find something that's going to upset me and then they were like scrolling back months and months of text messages and then they find something and it's literally nothing but because they were already in that negative headspace Mm -hmm. it becomes a huge thing or when they villainize any sort of friendship or relationship that you have with someone of a gender that you're attracted to Mm -hmm. so like we're both heterosexual women yeah um if i was dating someone and i'm texting a guy from work totally you know yeah normally um and they try to say oh why'd you say that or like trying to villainize very very platonic relationships absolutely that to me not only is uncomfortable and not okay in your relationship but it also makes your relationships with your friends very Mm -hmm. uncomfortable well and it also makes you think like is my platonic friend flirting with me like is there something weird going on here that like i'm just not picking up on like i always think about um my friend zach who i've talked about briefly on the podcast before him and I went to go see a show maybe like a year ago when I was living up in North Hollywood and Kyle was like free and whatever but like decided to stay home because it was like a show that Zach and I wanted to see together Mm -hmm. and so Kyle like walked me out to the car and was like have fun on your day like text (laughs) me and let me know that you guys got there safe and it was just like absolutely like so pure so whatever and then like after the show Zach and I like went out to a bar and like hung out with some of the crew members and Kyle just texted me and was like hey like just making sure you're safe like let me know if you need a ride home and I was like thanks I'm totally good and I got home he was asleep no problems right you know because he knew that he could trust me and he could trust Zach and everything was fine I cannot imagine if that had been any sort of different situation if he would have been like better not touch my wife then you'd be sitting in the car like this is weird like should i not be doing this i was like bye Bye. have fun on your day yeah like and so i think it's just i mean obviously that's kind of like an extreme example it doesn't have to be like you going out with a member of the opposite sex Mm -hmm. and like having a night without your partner and whatever but even just like texting people or like hanging like having work friends or i don't know even like a lot of steven's closest friends are women yeah he has like a friend group from college and it's like three guys and i think four girls no three guys and two girls mainly i guess Mm -hmm. kind of three and he's way closer now i would say with the girls and the guys yeah and so they text and they hang out and I saw a comment on a vlog a while ago that was like, Sierra, doesn't it make you feel weird that, like, Steven's always hanging out with women? And I'm like, no, because, like, I also have guy friends and, like, it makes no difference to me. Yeah. Like, when I go to New York, I hang out with Jacob one-on-one and, like, yeah. that's not an issue. And so, to me, it would make me feel weird if the person I was with tried to make that weird. Yeah. If they were like, why are you hanging out with Jacob in New York? Like, you, you gonna go see a show? I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. Well, and, like, for Kyle, Kyle doesn't have any female friends. Like, he just doesn't. But, like, I would say probably 80% of Kyle's friends are homosexual. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, that's also not an issue. Yeah. Of, like, even, like, 
in our wedding party. Like, literally, like, half the guys were gay, Mm -hmm. and then half of them were, like, your spouse and Jessica's spouse. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's just, and so, I, I don't know, I feel like. That's just, like, a very controlling thing. That's a very common occurrence in relationships. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Um, What was our next one? I think the next one is if you have to justify their behavior. Um, Mm. This one's a big one for me. And I think that this is something that, like, you really really have to watch out for. Um, I think that it kind of depends on what you're justifying and who you're justifying it to. Because I know... For me, if I was, like, justifying, oh, like, I'm so sorry that Kyle's late to this. He, like, got off of work late. Like, that's a totally fine thing to justify. But if you're saying, like, hey, like, I'm so sorry that Kyle yelled at you. He's in a really bad mood today. Like, that's not okay, you know? And so I think that it is just one of those things where you shouldn't have to be constantly apologizing to your partner um and also you shouldn't have to be acting differently around them or have your friends act differently around them I think that's a big thing for me too is if some if a friend of mine is dating someone and they ask me to change my behavior around their partner yeah because they want their partner to think a certain way of me that is a red flag oh yeah because I think in a perfect world everyone even when they first started dating someone would be totally themselves around their new partner yeah but sometimes that's not the case it takes a while to get comfortable there are things that you maybe lie about or stretch the truth about to try and impress them when Steven and I started talking I told him that I wanted to go skydiving because he was going skydiving I do not I never have wanted to go skydiving that was a straight up lie and Steven told me things too you know where he'd be like oh yeah no I actually don't really care about that and it's you know normal sometimes to have those things in relationships when you're starting to get to know each other where then later down the line you're like yeah "Yeah, no you know I was just trying to relate to you on that but I think for me it's when then you also expect your friends or your family to change who they are Mm -hmm. so um do you have any stories that kind of go with that (laughs) I think you know that I I have a story about that (laughs) I was Um, setting you up I am trying to be very vague because I don't know if this person listens to the podcast. Um, I had a friend recently who, like, we would hang out with all the time. And when we would hang out, like, they would come over and we would drink, like, lots of wine. Like, our whole thing was that, like, we loved rosé. Like, we literally would go wine tasting. They would come over maybe, like, once or twice a week. We'd have a wine night. We'd watch, like, a chick flick. Um, and then they started dating someone who didn't drink and I felt pressured like I was not allowed to drink if we were with that person. Like I had to pretend like I was just like a sober straight-edged person that I wasn't. It was also a lot of other things. It wasn't just drinking but specifically drinking is an easy thing to call out of them not being like hey when they're around I'm not going to drink. Like that also would be like a change but it was them telling me like hey you You. have to change your behavior because I don't want them thinking I'm associated to you when you're being this person yeah I don't know I just think that anytime you have to ask someone to change or if you have to like constantly be apologizing for that person yeah that's a huge red flag yeah and I think that kind of comes down to also like 
controlling behavior mm-hmm. of like with that friend i i do think it was just that she made the decision on her own that she wanted to yeah. change to impress him but i think there i have seen other relationships of my friends and i've experienced it as well of like them trying to change and control you mm-hmm. trying to monitor what you wear what you eat yeah. um the way that you act the way that you talk um and I think a lot of the times it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing where you convince yeah. yourself that it's you becoming a better person and that they're just looking out for you mm-hmm. um and a relationship that I was in in high school um this person had convinced me that like these changes were because he cared about me yeah and like he didn't want me doing this this and this because like he knows what's best for me mm-hmm. and I think at the time I convinced myself that it was like wow we're just growing together and like really evolving and becoming wow. adults this guy is telling me that I need to go to the gym seven times a week and I need to stop eating carbs yeah huh he really just wants me to grow and evolve as a person yep. like no he's being controlling yeah he's being objectifying he's being a lot of things like I think yeah I think that controlling can be a lot of different things but especially early on in a relationship if that person is already being controlling yeah imagine like if you have kids with that person yeah like how controlling they're going to be over how you raise your kids yeah. or a big thing I that i see and and this isn't always like a huge red flag dump this person right away but a lot of the time i see men especially trying to dictate whether or not the woman that they're dating wears makeup or not Ooh. so that they're like that guys have this idea of like women only wear makeup for men and like I want you to wear makeup or I don't want you to wear makeup Stephen was telling me that he had like Stephen is big like he loves reddit and Stephen was telling me that he saw this like reddit post that was like I don't uh, like the woman that I'm dating wears so much makeup and I don't like makeup and I don't understand and like she has fake nails and I hate fake nails and I don't understand why any woman would do this if like the man they're with doesn't want them to and Stephen responded was like just a thought did you ever think about that like maybe it's not about you (laughs) like maybe she's not wearing makeup for you maybe she's like not getting acrylic nails for you like maybe it's not about you yeah and I think that's something that like is very important for people especially men in relationships to understand is like maybe everything that I do isn't about you oh totally well and then kind of transitioning off of that I think the next couple things we want to talk about were things that are red flags if you communicate about them and you're on different pages yes so these aren't just like oh he's like lying a lot these are like if you're on a different page with this thing that might be an issue yeah and if you're both on the same page on one side or the other then that's fine it's when you're on different spectrums one of those things to me is the definition of faithful oh for sure so I think with this, when you think of faithful, at least for me, I think of like like traditional monogamy. Like are we both on the monogamy train? If not, that's fine. But like let's talk about it and define what our relationship is going to be. Um, but I think within, if we're just talking for this conversation, within the confines of monogamy, mm-hmm. I think some people have different definitions of like, oh, I can, like, text and call girls and, like, have very emotionally deep relationships, but as long as I'm, like, not having sex with them, then I'm being faithful. Or what about, like, especially in college, like, dancing at a party. Yeah. Are you and that person on the same page that, like, yeah, it's totally fine if you want to, like, go and, like, grind to a rap song with with another guy. Yeah. Or are you both, like, 
no, that's not okay. Yeah. And I think it's really important to have those conversations, especially mm-hmm. if you're in a long distance relationship. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've heard of that say like they were cheated on, but then when they explain it to me, it seems like the other person wasn't quite on the same page because they weren't trying to hide the cheating. Right. You know what I mean? I think that when I think about like, and I think that, that that can still be being cheated on if you feel like a line was crossed. But if you don't communicate that line, it's kind of a hard thing to make that person out to be the villain. Yeah, I think for me it's like the deceit yeah. of like you both have decided on this line and then one party deceives the other person and crosses that line. Yeah. And for some people that line could just be sex. For some mm-hmm. people it could be kissing. For some people it could be hanging out one-on-one. For some people it could be texting having intimate conversations dancing whatever it is I think it's important to have the same line yeah I mean it's all a spectrum just like everything in life like it's a it's a big spectrum and so making sure that not only that you guys are around the same place on the spectrum but that you're okay with where your partner's at and they're okay with where you're at Mm -hmm. because it's fine if you guys are in a little bit of different places if you communicate that and you're okay with that yeah so I think that's a huge one I also think having very different life plans yes to me this is like the number one reason why my relationships haven't worked out of I think in my last, like, really, my my most serious relationship that wasn't Kyle, this was the number one thing that, like, just ended our relationship, <laughs> was we just wanted different things. And I think that's, like, the hardest, it's the hardest red flag on this list, at least from my perspective, because usually in those situations, you really like the person, and yeah. you're like, this is great for where we're at right now, but... I know that we don't want the same things and so we can't just keep on dating because at some point we're gonna have to break up and like or one of us is gonna have to settle right and it's gonna hurt a lot more to break up five years down the line than it will right now and it's gonna hurt a lot more if one of us has to completely change what we want to make the other person happy like you're never gonna be fulfilled in that and so I think that I don't know. I I think very different life plans can be a multitude of things. It can be, like, whether your partner ever wants to have kids. Like, some people don't want to ever have kids. Some people want to have one kid. Some people want to have, like, 20 kids. Like, just making sure you're around kind of the same place with that. Of, like, do they want to move in the future? Are they going to college? Like, are are they happy in their career? I know even – people that I'm very close to in my family, a huge thing for them was, like, this person thought that when they got married, their partner was going to be doing one thing, and they ended up doing a totally different thing. Because they were young, and they, like, hadn't truly decided what they were going to do as their career. Like, they had a job that they had been doing for a long time. They had career aspirations. But I think that if you don't know what kind of lifestyle you're going to live, it's really hard to say, like, I'm okay being with you every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think um, life – and that's why I think communication is so important. Mm -hmm. Having these conversations. And I don't mean like you have to sit down on the first date and be like, so how many kids do you want to have? Do you want to move to Nebraska? Like you you can have those conversations as you go. But I think when you're looking at someone and you're like, is this my perfect person? Is this my forever? Like knowing before that that your life plans match up, 
Another thing is maturity. Mm-hmm. There's a big gap in maturity. It's going to be harder for you guys to be on the same page. Oh, for sure. I think, I mean, I've kind of experienced that. I I know that you have mm-hmm. of it's really, it's a hard thing to sit down with someone when things are going great and be like, hey, we need to talk. Like, what, what are you hoping to get out of this? <laughs> like, where are we going? Because I feel like a lot of times in relationships where these two things are the issues, things are going great yeah. and you really like the person. And so sometimes it's hard to sit down and know like, okay, we're going to have to have a hard conversation. Like, it's not just going to be like silly, silly fun times tonight. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Do you want to speak on this one? Yeah. I mean, I think especially when you're in your 20s mm-hmm. there's a lot of transition going on yeah some people when they're 20 are fully independent from their parents are living on their own they're in their career they know you know who they are and then some people are getting into their 30s or their late 20s and are still working on that and yeah. still figuring that out and I just think it's so important to not even have to be on the same exact level maturity wise but be working towards the same place yeah and I think for Stephen and I you know we have a three-year age gap and I think that really worked in our favor Mm -hmm. because I am someone who's always been like very immature in like some ways like dumb jokes that I think are funny and stupid things that I say but the reality is like in my actual life I'm pretty mature with like and I always have been on like independence what I want to do knowing exactly who I am and Steven, I think if we had started dating when we were exactly the same age, I don't think we would have been in the same place. Oh, Kyle and I would absolutely not be dating today yeah. if we were the same age. Yeah. Like, Kyle's a couple of years older than me, and he needed those couple of years to be in the same place that I was, of to where we could mesh up and it, it worked. Yeah. And that's like, it's totally fine to be in your mid-20s and and be at the same maturity level as someone in their early 20s or yeah, whatever totally. the gap is. It's okay to be in your 40s and be at the same maturity level as someone in their 30s. But I think it's making sure that you guys are kind of on the same wavelength. I think as someone in my 20s, I've seen a lot of friends go through where like one person will be really independent and be like making all these strides towards their future and their partner will be like living at home with no aspirations to move out and like not going to school or not having like a bigger career goal and so it's really hard it's hard when one person is super motivated and the other is like just chilling yeah because I think two just chilling people work and I think two super motivated people work and then there's kind of like a middle ground you know of of course one person's going to be a little bit more of a go-getter or one person's going to be a little more relaxed but I think that especially in your 20s when some people are having kids at 20 and some people are like out doing keg stands at 20 (laughs) like it's important to make sure that the keg stand guy and the baby girl (laughs) aren't like getting together you know because I mean you can't you can't expect your frat star boyfriend to like want a white picket fence life in six months like that's just not yeah that's not what it's gonna be but then also like you might find an ex-frat star who's like 30 and is like finally ready for that white picket star white picket star white White picket picket fence life you know Uh. No, absolutely. And that's why I think it's more about maturity than age. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Well, and I think kind of in circling back a little bit, 
of just like general things that are red flags I think if your significant part or your significant family members or your like important friends don't like your partner and tell you that is a red flag I think if they don't say anything that's like a dark pink flag but if people are telling you to your face like hey I really don't think your partner's right for you they have some gusto and they know that like there is going to be unnecessary confrontation between you and them but they've decided it's worth it to get that communication yeah I I, that's why I think it's always important to like keep counsel of like the people around you who you think are wiser than you yeah um because there are sometimes family and friends who are just judgmental oh yeah and like they're not gonna like the person that you're with no matter what but if there are people in your life who you look up to who you trust who you believe have your best interest in in mind and they are you know not angry but they're just like calmly telling you like yeah I don't think this person is right for you yeah I think especially if they have reasons yeah (laughs) like if it's just like oh like I don't like his sense of humor that's different than like hey when we were at dinner with you guys he talked to you this way and I don't think that's necessarily appropriate yeah or he did x y and z and I don't like that for you like I think 98 percent of people have your best interests at heart yeah and so especially if there's someone that you're talking to about your partner in the first place like you're willing to accept their good advice so i would also say ask the people that you trust the most for their opinion because a lot of the people close to you won't want to hurt your feelings and won't just tell you outright Mm -hmm. but if you ask them then you kind of put them in the position where they're gonna tell you Well, and then in that same vein, just because I know because I had a falling out with someone because of this exact situation, if you ask someone for their honest opinion, if you sit down and say, hey, I'm conflicted, please tell me your honest thoughts on where I'm at, expect to get honest thoughts. Like that person shouldn't be rude to you and they shouldn't be condescending to your partner. They should be respectful. But if they are like, oh, okay, well, (laughs) let me tell you my honest thoughts. I think X, Y, and Z. I think they're a nice person. I think they're this, but maybe this doesn't line up. Or maybe you guys should go into counseling because you fight a lot. (laughs) Or maybe, you know, don't be like, oh, well, you don't know. Because if you're asking people for their honest opinions, like, that's what you're asking for so don't expect anything different well and I think it's also important to remember that like the people that love you the most just want the best for you oh for sure I think before you started dating Kyle you had introduced me to a few people Mm -hmm. and you had asked my opinion and I hope I was never rude but I think I was always kind of like they seem really nice but I'm not sure they're right for you yeah and I think correct me if I'm wrong but I think you started to get a little frustrated with me of like you don't like anyone I date yeah and like I I just knew there was someone better for you and I think I remember you were so nervous to introduce me to Kyle because you were like man she's just gonna hate him (laughs) and then I met him and the next day I called you I was like I love him for you yeah like he's so fun he's so Mm -hmm. nice he's so this he's so that and and I think the problem was not that like I had too high of a standard for you yeah but that I I had a standard for you that I knew you deserved yeah and so absolutely and I think it can be frustrating when it feels like your friends are ganging up against your significant other 
But like I, a guy I dated in high school, my parents were like, he's perfectly nice, but I just don't think he's perfect for you. And I was like, you just hate me and you don't want me to be in love. And then they met Steven and they literally would joke and call him the perfect robot boyfriend because he was like too perfect. But it's true. Like people do have your best interest at heart. And I think that also, I mean, we're talking about like red flags in relationships specifically, but I do think that like knowing in your brain what friends you like specifically think are wiser than you on specific things and like mm-hmm. going to them for counsel on that is one of the most like invaluable things in life. Like I have specific people that I go to if like I'm frustrated with Kyle. I have specific people that I go to if I want like career advice, if I want like pregnancy advice if I want all these different things and I think knowing going into those conversations like I regard this person's like opinion and perspective and experiences as like they are more experienced than I am in this sense yes so like anything they say I'll take with a grain of salt but like I will take it you know Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna like talk to my 13 year old sister and ask her for marriage advice like that's she she's never been married you'll talk to your mom (laughs) you you know and so I think that knowing what friends serve you in like the different categories of your life is an important thing and I think being honest with your friends too when they come to you with that advice yeah but also you know I I think obviously always being compassionate compassionate, and kind and like respectful that they are currently in a relationship with that person right um and that they very well could continue to be in a relationship with that person and you don't want it to be awkward when you show up at their wedding (laughs) they're like i know that five years ago you said that he was the worst (laughs) yeah so i we talked a lot about communication and how important communication is what are your deal breakers or what would be your deal breakers okay so i think this is kind of where we're gonna wrap up the podcast because i think this is gonna after this segment of because I think this is very specific to you and I yeah this is like not for everyone like I know there are things on my list that like if we were dating would be a deal breaker that's why we can't date and the reverse (laughs) you know um but these are I think it's important to look internally at you mm -hmm. and decide what things are you not willing to compromise on yeah and I remember when I was in high school my church group had us write out a list of like qualities that we would want in a like partner Mm -hmm. and I remember like half of mine were physical which are so dumb because those are absolutely compromisable or like (laughs) you're like I want him to have a six pack no it was like I want a guy with like dark brown hair who's like six feet tall and then like that's the equivalent of a six pack well and they were like (laughs) uh, and then even the personality things were like really absolutely things I can compromise on it would be like likes theater it literally if you looked at that list Stephen probably qualifies for two of those things so I think when you're making your if you're a single (laughs) person and you're making your deal breakers like those should actually be things he's all I have dark brown hair but I'm not over six foot (laughs) (laughs) he's 5'11 but like I think my things at the time were like I need someone exactly like me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that should always be what you're looking for. I think yeah. what you should be looking for is like things that will, that are staples in your life that you need someone to be on the same page about. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think with deal breakers, these can be very different person to person. And we actually like had this conversation over sushi like a couple months ago. And it really like made me think about everything. And I'm like so glad we had that conversation. And I feel like it's, 
if I had had that conversation when I was like single and looking for a partner, I think it it's just so interesting also just to know what your friends deal breakers are of like because yeah. I think it's really what the most important things to you are. Like your partner also has to share those. And it's not necessarily like interests. Like I'm not like if Kyle didn't like theater, then, like, we would get divorced. Yeah. Because, first of all, like, Kyle's always going to like theater. Like that, And that's also not a deal breaker. That's no. if one day he woke up and was like, I know I have my degree in it, but I hate the theater. <laughs> I would be like, well, that's a little weird, but cool. I'll just, like, go with Sierra or my mom. <laughs> right. Like, like that is something that actually would change your life. Yeah. No. So I think mine are if Kyle decided that he wanted to not be a vegetarian anymore. I think if he wanted to be a pescatarian, it would – he was a pescatarian for a while. And I felt like it kind of put, like, a strain on our relationship. And so now that he's, like, fully vegetarian and, like, mostly vegan, I think that if he was, like, I want to eat, like, red meat and, like, I want to have it in our house and I want to whatever – I think that would put a huge strain on our relationship. Um, I don't know if it would be a deal breaker just because, like, I love Kyle so much and we're, like, having a baby together. But I think it would be a huge conversation of, like, why are you making this change? And, like, what capacity are you doing it in? Um, I also think that, like, if his political views shifted greatly in the opposite direction from, like, which I hold, that would be a huge deal breaker for me because I'm someone who is, like, very, I'm, I'm, how, how would you describe it? Like, like, I'm very passionate about politics and especially all the, like, social issues that are, I'm trying not to, like, polarize our audience. No, no, no. I, <laughs> but I think for you in who you're dating, yeah, I think it's important for you to align with that person on key issues. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's how I'd put it. Yeah. Um, and then I also think for me, monogamy is a huge thing. I think if Kyle one day woke up and was like, I want to sleep with other people, I think that I would be heartbroken. <laughs> and I think that... I don't know what I would do. And so I think that, like, those are my three kind of key things that, like, I need in that if they changed, they would not necessarily mean that, like, Kyle and I weren't going to be together, but it would rock my world. Yeah. Of I would need to, like, greatly evaluate, like, what's happening? What do we do from here? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What about you? Um, I think for me, a big thing is um, lining up on religious views. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think for me, again, with not wanting to, like, polarize people, yeah. this is specifically for, like, my partner. Yeah. I mean, I... You're my I'm, best friend. I'm and, not Christian. Yeah. You're not a Christian. <laughs> so many of my family and friends are not religious. I have friends of all different religious backgrounds. Yeah. I think for me, it's knowing that I want to raise a family with this person yeah. and that I want to raise my kids in the church. Well, and mine's the same with all of mine of like meat eating, like Stephen eats meat yeah. and I don't have any issue with it. No. It would be the issue of my partner in my home yeah. with our shared finances. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted no, you. No, no, no. But, but I think that's an important qualification. Yeah. Of, these aren't deal breakers for like friends <laughs> or family or whatever. This is specifically for like your husband yeah. or your spouse or life partner I think for me it was always really important for them to be a Christian mm-hmm. um to have a relationship with God to believe that like Jesus died for their sins and is their Lord and Savior and that to me is and was a deal breaker yeah um and 
I tried to be very open-minded when I was dating in high school and college because everyone's religious beliefs are always changing, especially yeah. in your teens and 20s. Um, but that was always something that was really important to me and that I always tried to be very upfront about of like, hey, this is very important to me mm-hmm. and like this is, I think, always going to be an important thing in my life. Yeah. Um, also wanting to have kids. Mm-hmm. I I want to be a mom. If tomorrow Stephen decided like, I don't want to have kids. I don't think we would like divorce over it, but I think it would be like one of the hardest things. Yeah. Um, and well, and that's having kids in any capacity. That's yeah. if he he's not saying like, hey, I think you would probably, I mean, I don't want to speak for you. If tomorrow he was like, hey, I want to like stop trying and I want to like take a couple months for the just the two of us oh, and yeah. whatever. I think we're talking about if he was like, never ever in my life do I want to adopt, do I want to have any sort of kids. Right. Yeah, I think that to me is like very important. And then the third thing um, is limiting me. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of vague, but this was always a big thing for me is like, Stephen has always encouraged me to like live my dreams, no matter what that means. Yeah. So like if I tomorrow decided I didn't want to do YouTube anymore and I wanted to be a stay-at-home wife, I think it would be hard, but I think he'd be on board. Yeah. If I tomorrow decided that I wanted to quit YouTube and go work a nine-to-five job or finish my teaching degree, he would be on board. And if when I decided I wanted to do YouTube full-time, he was on board. And I think for me, that is the biggest thing of like, especially when I was dating and figuring things out, is like, I think it's a red flag if someone just has their life plan and finds a way to nicely, neatly fit you into Mm -hmm. a box that works for them. And it's not about looking at your two life plans and making them one. Yeah. And Steven was always so, so great about that, which is like one of the most attractive things about him is that he has always been like, you have, I want you to have your life and Mm -hmm. I want me to have my life and I want them to mesh together. He was never like, I want to work a nine-to-five job as an engineer and so you're going to be my little stay-at-home wife and I'm going to put you in this box and that's what you're going to do. He never did that to me. And even in the other realm, he was never like, you have to work and have to do this. Like, it has always been like, let's both achieve our dreams and find a way to make them work together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great place to end that. Do we want to do some advice? Yeah, let's do it. We haven't done advice in a couple weeks and people I think are sad about it. So I know. I I love doing advice, but it's sometimes like because we talk for so long. How long is it? I know. I don't even know. Already an hour and 20 minutes. And so like this is fine to do advice after an hour and 20 minutes. But sometimes when it's been like two hours, I'm like. We're like, is anyone listening? (laughs) I'm sure many comments are like, yes, I am listening. Should we do another (laughs) secret emoji thing? Oh my gosh. Yes, but we cannot do one like the SOS one because I forgot that we had done that and then I just got like a hundred messages that were like SOS SOS with no context and you were like what I was like is Sierra hacked like what's going on so we have to do like what's the nicest what's like a friendly emoji opening up my recent emojis well it is Christmas so maybe we should do okay let's do (laughs) we could do like a santa claus yeah or we could do like one of the family emojis like you could send a family emoji that's like me and sierra and then you (laughs) oh i like that (laughs) i feel like that's kind of fun okay yeah do that just send the family emoji of like the two moms and and then then, like like, a boy or a girl girl. yeah i think those are the only two options yeah so I love that. Okay, yeah. Send us your family emoji of Yay, how you're listening to you're it with our us. little podcast fam. Yes, I love that. That's Aww. so cute. <laughs> okay, awesome. um, Carly, do you want to do the first question? 
Hi, Sarah and Skylar. Hi. First off, I just wanted to say I absolutely love you guys, and I love mm-hmm. listening to you guys every week. Second, I just wanted to ask, I am celebrating my one-year anniversary here coming up soon, and I just wanted to know what you guys did to celebrate your one-year anniversary or what kind of mm-hmm. gifts did you get your husband or anything like that. It would be super helpful. Thank Aww. you so much. Bye. That Congratulations. So yeah, woo-woo. That's awesome. I don't remember what we did on our one-year anniversary. Do you I remember what we did. What we did. Um, so Stephen and I had been planning. We wanted to do like a trip. We were like, oh, yeah, we'll go on a trip. We'll do this and that. And then we th- really started to think about it. We we're like, you know what I really want to do for our one year? Get a bottle of wine, get some dinner, and have like a movie night with just the two of us. And we mm-hmm. sent the dogs over to my parents' house. So it was like, send the kids off to grandma's. Aww. And we just had a night with the two of us at home in our comfy clothes. And we mm-hmm. went back and watched our wedding video and looked through our wedding photos. And then we also had a bottle of wine that had been saved from our wedding, like uh, from our venue. And so we opened that up. And it was That's so sweet. To me, it was better than any trip we could have taken. It was so great. Mm, I love wow, that. I'm becoming like a softie. Like, who am I? <laughs> I keep saying like weird, cute things about I Steven. love it. Oh. I'm very into it. I have pregnancy brain and I do not remember what we did on March 24th of this last I year. I do. You were in London. Oh. <laughs> right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's hard because my birthday is March 19th. And then our anniversary is March 24th. And then Kyle's birthday is, oh, God, is it April 6th or April 8th? I think it's April 8th, right? I think so. Oh, no. Kyle's going to listen to this and be like, my wife doesn't know. I promise. I don't even remember. I didn't even remember that we went to London this year. So my brain is just not here right now. But it wasn't this year, right? Oh, wait, yeah, it was. It was 2019. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, my God. Because you got married in in 2018. I'm sorry. Did I get married in 2018? I don't know anything. Yes, you did. I have two brains in me, but I've never (laughs) been so dumb. I just, I really, I really cannot remember things lately. Yeah, you got married in in March of 2018 because I got married in August of 2017. Wow. So, yes. So, on your one-year anniversary, you were in London. Yeah. So that's what we did. I'm guessing we probably saw some theater. We probably ate some food, drank some water, and like probably alcohol. <laughs> I think too. Uh, I think anniversaries are like as special as you make them. Yeah. Too. I think that like it's really really fun to if if you're gonna do one thing, I would say watch your wedding video because I mm-hmm. I think it's really fun to like reflect. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I say just do something that feels true to you guys. Like, yeah. it whatever makes you guys the happiest. It doesn't have to be some grand gesture. Or it can be if that's what you like to do. My parents follow the, like, I, the like anniversary gift guide every year, which oh, is, so like... It's like a paper gift. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, paper, whatever. gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Like, one year it was, like, silver. And so my mom got him, like, silverware. Like, they follow that thing every year. Interesting. Steven and I don't do that. We don't really do gifts yeah. for anything but Christmas. So, yeah. yeah. But it was magical. Mm-hmm. I hope you have a good anniversary. Congratulations. Hey, Sierra. Hi. Um, Hi. Recently, I've just been not having a lot of friends. And it's kind mm-hmm. of hard because sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. And I, I'm not that close with a lot of people. I don't know. If you could just give me some advice on 
how to just be happy sometimes. Yes, oh. I love you. Thank you for inspiring me. Oh my gosh, oh my, my gosh, heart my goes heart. out to you. <laughs> oh my gosh, you sound like such a sweetie. I just want to give you a big hug. Aww. Um, I think like practical advice is I would say join clubs it's I mean I don't know it sounds like you're in high school or middle school or college it sounds like you're the age of someone who's in school um I would say join all the clubs I was talking to my sister the other day about all the clubs that she's in and she's like I'm in the like save the turtles club and I'm in the beach cleanup club and I'm in the like LGBT alliance club and I'm in the like gay straight alliance club and like I feel like there are so many clubs now, like, you can join, like, the Star Wars Club. You could join Drama Club. Like, I just feel like if if you – I feel like sitting with people at lunch, if you're sitting by yourself, that can feel like such an isolating thing on top of, like, having weekends alone or whatever. But if you can fill up your time and, like, meet people who have similar interests to you who also are looking to hang out with people, I feel like that's kind of the key. I agree. I love that. I think that's so important. And it's so hard to just like go up to someone and be like, hi, like, how are you? And introduce yourself. Like, that is always hard no matter how old you are. But when you're in a situation where you're supposed to talk to people and you're everyone's kind of new to getting Mm -hmm. to know each other, it's so much easier. And I think clubs are and teams and, and extracurriculars are a great way to do that. Absolutely. Well, and even if you don't end up hanging out with those people outside of that designated time, at least you're with them for that designated time. Yeah. But yeah. Aww. We I love you. We love you. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Um, Hi. I have a question, kind of more aimed towards Skylar, but you know, Ooh. anyone's opinions are always welcome. Carly. I was just curious <laughs> if you had any advice as to how to decorate your home in like a sustainable manner I feel like I'm always just looking through Facebook marketplace and going to thrift stores and just trying to find used things but I'm not not the best at like revamping things that have been used so just was curious if you had any advice thank you love you guys so much love you love you first of all that's so sweet wow and well it's all things that I like yeah take it Um, away so I think first of all my like most practical advice is to like have a Pinterest board of what you want your style to be so like even on my Pinterest I have like my home board and then that's broken up into like bedroom bathroom living room kitchen whatever so I know like specifically what I want my design aesthetic to be because I think it's really daunting to walk into a thrift shop and be like what here piques my interest I think knowing basic things I mean for me personally like I really like kind of I like a mix of like timeless and mid-century modern so like I like things that are kind of like storybook cottagey but also I really like like white and gold and bohemian and so I know that when I'm walking into a thrift store I am only really going to be looking for things that are either like in like a good silhouette that I can paint a color that I really like and like kind of do a DIY upcycle on or that already fit that because I think there have been so many times where I've walked into thrift stores and been like that is the most amazing dresser I've ever seen but it's like green and like very structured and whatever and that just doesn't work for my house and I think that's like when you get kind of more of like an eclectic feel which also can be 
if that floats your boat. Um, but I would say like painting things is like really good advice. I would say just checking lots and lots of thrift stores and not settling. Um, and also I think sometimes the thrift stores have like the most amazing frames. So either like paying people on Etsy for their artwork and printing it out for like a dollar or like just printing out quotes that you really like from Pinterest and putting them in these like big one dollar frames from the thrift store is probably my biggest advice i love that skylar really is like the design and aesthetic queen that's very sweet also anything can be a planter (laughs) so (laughs) i would say like reuse things as planters and use a lot of greenery but i love that's my two cents well that's a great place to end the podcast uh i hope you guys enjoyed this episode um, be sure to check out our sponsor, Cash App, and use code yeah. C- or use code Unfiltered um, for ten dollars for you and ten dollars for the Trevor Project. Um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast channel. Yeah, and you can get this unfiltered crop hoodie Woo. for forty five dollars on the Curvy Crew. I was going to wear it, and then I was like, "Is it too much if we're both wearing it?" I feel like we're just gonna have to like alternate. You can Who's have allowed next to week. wear it. <laughs> I will take it next week. You can have it. Um, also, next week's going to be really fun because we have a special guest. So I will leave it at that. The most special guest the of all special guests. specialists of the special. <laughs> um, and we will see you guys next Monday. Bye. Bye.